That's well, a good day. Um, if you want to open your Bible to Matthew 16, this is where we're going to be today. Um, this is an interesting thing the Lord's been talking to me about. I don't even fully understand it. I don't even fully... I'm just going to be open and, and raw and share where I'm at today on this. And so in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13, um, we just pray, Father, that the rest of this time that you would say the things that we need to, we need to hear, that you would open our hearts, that there will be a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. We ask that there will be transformation to take place today. And we love you and we ask that your truth would come and set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew 16, verse 13, Jesus comes to the district of Caesarea Philippi and he's talking to his disciples and he says to them, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's like, basically, who are they saying I am? What are people saying about me? And they said, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist and other people say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so really, I want you to see what's going on here. Did Jesus care what other people were saying about him? He didn't care that the news on Facebook or the channel news at the time, whatever, what they were saying, he didn't care what those people were saying who Jesus was, who he was. He was wanting to know what the voices in the atmosphere, how they were affecting his followers. He wanted to know what they were hearing because what they were hearing could affect how they perceived him. Does this make, and I've never even thought of it this way. He was asking them a question. What are you allowing to influence how you see me? So when he said, who do people say I am? What they actually did was they got into discussions and arguments that they probably had among themselves on who he was. Oh, some say you're John the Baptist. Come back. There were arguments. There were discussions that had gone on. And so Jesus gets to the point now and he says, but who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? And Simon, who was always the first to act or react, always, he was there. He says, you are the Christ or you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed are you. He was actually blessing him in the moment, yeah. too. He wasn't just saying, you're blessed. He was blessing him. <laughs> and he said that this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood. In other words, he was saying, this conclusion wasn't, wasn't, you didn't come to this conclusion by what you heard from everyone around. You came to this conclusion because the Spirit of God called out from deep within you, Daddy God, Daddy Father. And that Spirit revealed to you who I am. You didn't get this from someone else. You got this because the deepest place inside of you became open and vulnerable to my voice. Yeah. Come on. This was revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. And now he prophesies over him. And I say to you, Peter, that upon this rock, I will yeah. build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Yeah. And he doesn't stop there. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom, the keys to heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven.
And whatever you loosen on earth will already have been loosened in heaven. Now, I went there specifically for a a, a unique perspective on this story in that God is looking for us to be vulnerable people. Come on. Vulnerability is painful. See, we can't have God's love and receive his love if we aren't vulnerable. Yeah. Like that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's me giving access to the deepest things that I believe, that I think, that I feel, that I experience, that, that can't be expressed outwardly. They're, they're internal things. And vulnerability is what lets us become sons and daughters that are fully loved <coughs> by God. But there's a big difference between vulnerability and transparency. That's what I want to talk about today. This is a season of love. This is, you know, Shaguna opened with this is February. This is the month of love. This is where we talk about love and, and we think about it, right? People are wearing red today, it's, you know, specifically. This is the month of love. And <clears throat> we cannot be fully loved if we're not vulnerable. And so what's the difference between transparency and vulnerability? Here's, here's what I think. I was reading something and this came, this jumped out at me. The definition of vulnerability means susceptible to physical or emotion attack or harm. That's scary. You tell me that I have to be vulnerable with God and with God's people and with my spouse and with my friends and the people I do life with. That means that I have to open myself up to where they can actually hurt me. I don't want that. I want to protect myself. So here's how we protect ourselves. We fake vulnerability through what we call transparency. See, transparency says, man, I had a really tough week last week, but I'm doing better now. You know what I've just done? If I go to my wife and I say, man, babe, I just want you to know last week I was really depressed. I was struggling, but man, I'm okay now. I'm better now. I have completely cut off her access to my heart. Because she did not get to go through the the vulnerable time of pain with me. What's the point? We do this with God. We fix things through self-righteousness. We internalize the struggle, the pain, the depression, the frustrations. And we think that when we internalize and we and if we just put a lid on those feelings and those things, that we're actually doing a righteous thing. I'm suppressing my feelings. Sometimes we need to suppress our feelings. It's wisdom. Sometimes we need to just stop or shut our mouths. Wisdom. Amen. True story. But we learn a pattern of transparency without being vulnerable by covering up, pushing down, and never really letting God or the people that he puts us to do life with experience what we're experiencing. And Jesus is talking to his disciples here and he's wanting to them to lose the transparency, the fake. Well, we, we've heard you're this. We think you're a prophet. Blah. We've heard. No. Who do you? Who am I to you? OK, let's let the guard down. You're actually the Christ. I said it. Come on. We've been afraid to say it this whole time because we thought he came before. We thought the Messiah was here. We thought all this time he was going to come. And we've been so scared to say it. But you know what? We believe that you are that guy. It, it was a raw moment because the moment Peter said, you're the Messiah, he gave Jesus the opportunity to, to disappoint him. 
But what if he isn't the Messiah? What if we're let down again? Yeah. So we're so afraid to open up and to confess really what's going on. And when we do that, we cut off our opportunity to fully be loved. Because if people don't have all the information, then they can't make a choice to love. If I just tell my wife, hey man, I'm having a hard, I had a hard time last week, but I don't reveal and let her into what I was thinking, where I was at, and I don't give her the choice to love me anyway, I miss out on the chance to feel her love, experience her love, because I didn't give her access. I feel like I wanted to go here today because I wanted to talk about vulnerability and authenticity, because God wants us to be vulnerable and authentic. But we cannot be authentic if we're just transparent. I remember, uh, here's, here's, the, here's some more of the definition real quick before I, I, I skip this. Being vulnerable means you're also in need of attention. Did you know being vulnerable means that you express to people you need their attention? How many have ever been around someone that says, man, all they want is attention? Yeah. And what's the human nature to do when someone is an attention hog? What do we do? We run and we don't give them what they want. But do you know that that's actually the wrong response? I, I'm the worst. If someone's trying to get it, I mean, I'm giving you attention. I'm not bowing to this. That's how I feel. And I feel righteous about it. But I'm actually, I'm not giving that person a chance to get their needs met in a healthy way. Needing attention is actually vulnerable. They're actually letting their guard down saying, I need your attention. I need your time. When, when my wife says, when's the last time we had date night? She's saying, I need your attention. Yes. Come on. She's letting her guard down saying, I'm disappointed. Now I'm giving you a chance to move toward me in this and make a better decision. Easy, easy yeah. target right there, right? Yeah. But we do this in so many things. Someone demands attention and we're like, man, I'm not giving it to them. <laughs> no, that's actually, they're actually being very vulnerable and letting people see that. It means to need support. Vulnerability means you yeah. need support of people. I need support. How many need support in your life? Like people to encourage you. Yeah. It's not bad for people to say you did a good job. You did a good job playing today, worship team. You're good at the guitar, Kyle. Yeah. Jason, you're good at the guitar. Come on. Mark, you're good at percussion. You're good. Yeah. It's not wrong to need that support. No. And if we don't give that to people... That need goes unmet. That's when we see the ugly side to those things. Because yeah. it goes so long without it, you're like a desert without it. Then all of a sudden, it's this ugly thing saying, I have to have my needs met. And we're like, oh, that's so ugly. But all along, we didn't give ourselves to their vulnerability and help meet their need. Yeah. That's why the Bible says to encourage one another, strengthen one another, yeah. lift each other up. Come on. Why? Because we have needs. And that means we're vulnerable. Amen. It also means... That we need protection. Yeah. So did you know that it's actually vulnerable when you tell God that you're scared? <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't confess your fear. No, that's false vulnerability. That's called transparency. Yeah. But vulnerability says, God, I am scared. Come on. Come on. It's vulnerable when you're sitting down and you're doing your finances at home. If one of them are worried about the finances, for them to say, I'm fearful about where our finances are. Oh, no, we shouldn't talk like that. No, it's actually vulnerable. We don't stop there. We go somewhere with it. We come to a conclusion, a, a wise answer, a solution. But it's actually vulnerable to confess 
our sins, to confess our weaknesses to one another. (laughs) Transparency, though, it means free from deceitfulness. Having thoughts, feelings, or motives that are easily seen. A fool can be transparent. Have you ever been around an ill-tempered person? And it's all over the place. They're being very transparent. They're being, man, everybody knows what's going on inside of that person. If they're angry, if they're frustrated, if they're sad, depressed, whatever the, the spectrum of emotions, if we see those things, it's very easy. But that's not vulnerability. Why are you angry? Why are you sad? What led to this? What are you doing to get unangry, unsad? This making any sense? And God wants us to learn to be vulnerable with him. He's the one that said in Isaiah, sit down with me. Let's have a discussion. Let's reason together. What's going on inside of you? Rip your heart open and tell me everything going on. Ugly, good. We love to share our good stuff. We love to go back and say, man, I was struggling here, but man, God helped me overcome it. Excuse me, that's not, that's not what God wants from us. That's not, that's not the vulnerability that gives us deeper access to his love. And the fruit of being vulnerable, the fruit of being real with God is that we become authentic people. How many want to be authentic? Like real, no fake, one hundo, whatever. The, you want to be real. <laughs> We're about to go there. I want to, a couple things real quick. How do you know if you're being transparent? I found this in, a, I don't even know who this guy is. I looked it up. A guy named Josh Searball. He wrote a blog. Blog.jumpstartyourlife.com. Full disclosure. This is what he says. Ways to identify if you're hiding within transparency. You're willing to tell people about experiences in your past, whether it was yesterday or 10 years ago. I'm willing to tell you about how ugly I used to be, but I'm not going to tell you how ugly I am right now because that's too scary because you may, you may decide you don't like me and I can't be vulnerable and give you the ability to hurt me with information you did not have yesterday. Here's another one. If 90% of your process is just between you and God, you're probably just being transparent and not vulnerable. Not discounting those times with just me and God, but there has to be people in our life that knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really knows what's going on. Come on. If you are someone that wears your heart on your sleeve, but you cannot identify two to three people that know your intimate struggles, then you're probably just being transparent. Oh, but everybody knows what's going on with me. But does anyone really know what's going on with you? (laughs) And today, the world what we're in, the the pattern of this world is to be transparent. I mean, we've even had presidents recently say, we'll have the most transparent government ever. And that's a complete lie. There's no transparency. Come on. Because there's no vulnerability there. There's nothing that says you can hurt me with the information you find out. 
If you found out we spent $45 million on a natural gas station in the Middle East where they don't even have natural gas cars. So instead of, so because they had no natural gas cars, we bought them natural gas cars, but they didn't have money for the natural gas. So we gave them a stipend, a visa card. Our government paid for this. Sorry. In Afghanistan. With our tax dollars. It's just stuff like that you can find. I just picked on that um, because it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> that's, not, that's not letting the people actually have a voice. Because everyone, every one of us would have said, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> it's just dumb. Why don't you spend that $45 million on school for Afghanistan, for kids? That's a smart choice. Yeah. I'd say yes to that. Yeah. Sure, you can take some tax money and build a school so kids can learn and read and write. That's a good plan. Anyway, authenticity. We'll finish up. It'll be the byproduct of this. Where when people see us, they won't think that we're fake, phony, and a typical Christian. This doesn't mean we just turn into where we just puke our emotions and our feelings on everybody we go around and we just mm-hmm. just throw up on everybody and we're like, well, we're being real and vulnerable. <laughs> no. When we actually become real and vulnerable, we will become like Him. Yeah. We will be like Jesus. And I, I dare you to find one unbeliever that didn't want to be around Jesus. It was the religious people that didn't want to be around him. Yeah. Yeah. Because the truth in his eyes required vulnerability. And they couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah. They would ask questions like, hey, why is this guy blind? Is it because his parents sinned or because he sinned? Come on. And Jesus was like, what about your own sin? What about your sin? What about you? What's going on inside of you right now? He even said to them one time, you go over mountains and overseas to make one convert and you make them twice the devil that you are. Yeah. (laughs) That's ouch. (laughs) You brood of vipers. He didn't say that to sinners. Never. Never. There's strangely a vulnerability with with people that are non-believers that's not there with a lot of believers. There's strangely, yeah, I'm an addict. I don't care. I'm an addict. Here, let, here's all my mess. God wants us to become real and authentic. Because whenever the church learns to be vulnerable with God, now this doesn't work with just God. It has to be with other people. It has to be with our spouse, people closest to us. When that vulnerability becomes real, then we begin to really love Real love, true love, not fake love. We sing a lot about love today. I love those songs. Man, that, that new one, I've had it on repeat literally all week, just playing it. Yeah. Uh, when I thought I lost me, that, that part got me the most. Yeah. Reintroduce me to your love. That's what he does. But if I'm not vulnerable, I don't get full access to his full love. Yeah. I determine what level of intimacy I have with him. And then once we're vulnerable, we become authentic. And authentic people that know God, that are sons and daughters, change the world. Amen. Every time. Every single time. There's a, there's a realness to them. I, I've just been introduced to a guy. I don't even know what he believes. I know he believes in God and has a relationship with God. 
His name is Jordan Peterson, and he is a psychologist in uh, Canada somewhere. And he is one of the most real, authentic people I've heard in a long time. And when the man talks about God, he weeps. He weeps about God's love for him. And he identifies with the sinfulness of our world in a way that I have not heard a lot of people talk about. He was speaking of the, of the, of the Nazis and the Holocaust and the, the horrific things that they did. And he says, when we sit and we say they did this, but we never say, if I was where they were, I would have done the same thing. If I don't identify that I have flaws and weakness in me, that I could easily go that direction if I'm in that same situation. Let's just quick history. The German people didn't really know fully what was going on and they didn't want to know until it got way too deep and in trouble. And so a lot of people for a long time hated the German people and had, had a problem with it because they thought you knew this was going on. But they were just too scared. They thought if I step up and say something, I'm going to get killed and taken care of myself. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And probably the majority of people in that time did that. And so now we say they're complicit with the crimes of Hitler when they were just afraid. And he's saying, are you kidding me to tell me you wouldn't do the same thing to preserve your family? You'd keep your mouth shut? He says, no, we have to identify with the sinfulness of our world because that's authentic. God wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be real. I realized over the last, the last few weeks just thinking through this stuff that, man, I'm good at transparency. I'm really good at saying, man, I had a bad day yesterday, but man, today's a new day. I feel better. And I don't let people go through the struggle with me. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I really don't want, I don't want to bring my wife down. She's doing well. I don't want to tell her how I'm struggling, what I'm going through. Yeah, come on. I don't want to call Kyle or anyone else and say, hey, man, I'm really having a hard time here. I'm really mad right now. Yeah. I've been really mad a lot this last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Friday was the the pinnacle of it. And I was like, I was so angry. I said, babe, I've been so mad today and I didn't curse. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was, that's how mad I was. I just wanted to let it out. There's, sometimes there's only certain words that make that fit. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> At the time. I'm like, there's no yeah. other word. This is, if I looked in a dictionary for how I felt, that's the word I would use. <laughs> but I didn't. I kept, I kept my cool. I kept my mouth clean. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Come on. But that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't on the phone saying, babe, I'm having a really hard time. I'm telling you right now, I'm so angry. Kyle, I'm so angry right now. Mark, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> the vulnerability is good for us. You know, I lived most of my life being really fine with people knowing who I was six months ago. A year ago, two weeks ago. Well, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm a new creation. Praise Jesus and move on. But I never really dealt with the things that led me to those points because I wasn't vulnerable. And because of that, I wasn't really authentic because people were always getting. I don't know how a hologram of me. (laughs) God wants us to be real and authentic. So how many would say, I, I, I want to I be vulnerable? Yeah. It's Come scary. On. I'm telling you right now, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary to be vulnerable. Amen. The Bible tells us to confess our sins one to another. <coughs> Woo. 
We don't do that in the church anymore. We barely will confess our sins to God. We generally will say, hey, God, forgive me for, for the sins that I committed today. And we rarely, we rarely rip our heart up and say, well, yeah, I did this, but the sin was actually this. The behavior looked like this, but the sin was what was going on inside of my heart. We rarely do that with God, but God wants us to do it with one another. He says it's the will of the Father that we confess our sins, that we may be whole. It's scary to give my spouse or people I do life with, people I'm close to, it's scary to give them weapons that they can use against me. But until we do, excuse me, we can't have real, authentic love. So Father, we come to you now and... We want to learn how to be vulnerable. That's you. Just, just pray that where you're at. You want to learn to be vulnerable. <clears throat> yes, God. Give us courage. Rip our hearts open. Let people see us. We repent for being transparent and not vulnerable. And we say, I repent of that. Yeah. I repent of being transparent but not vulnerable. And God, I pray that the byproduct of this decision will be that we are authentic sons and daughters, that we are real, that we bear your name and it's authentic. It's not a knockoff. It's not a copy. It's a real original, just like you, God. All right, here's how we're going to end it, I think. Um, I want us to pray that, that for our church, transparency and place of vulnerability will feel weird. It'll be a weird thing. That when we're in relationship with each other and, and, and we're talking, and if we throw up that wall of transparency and not vulnerability, that we'll notice it, that it'll feel odd, that it won't feel normal, and that we'll call it out. Would you, would you pray into that with me? God, I pray that you give us a culture of vulnerability. That we will confront phoniness. That we will confront transparency in place of it. That we will fight through being hidden. No more hiddenness, God. Nothing between us and you. No space between us. be brave be brave be brave be brave be brave let's do this let's let's do this let's be authentic people and let's see what happens like I, we will be shocked i really feel we'll be shocked with what god does amen everybody good
Thanks again so much for coming out. We just... oh, thank you.